0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of SBCCDTA's podcast. I'm Brandi Bayliss, and I am the vice president of SBCCDTA for Crafton Hills College. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy the information that you hear in this podcast. Uh, this month's recording, will talk about positions that are upcoming for the executive board negotiations, what we have coming through there, new people on the executive board and the negotiations team, uh, the April conference that's upcoming, and part-time benefits. As always, I want to remind you that this podcast is a way for our members to listen to updates without having to come to a scheduled Zoom meeting. Our eBoard has an ongoing goal to increase communication with our members, and to help meet this, we have monthly luncheons at both campuses, monthly donuts at Crafton, which are on hold <laughs> due to covid we also usually had evening pizzas, but that's also on hold. Um, so right now, what we mostly have is this podcast and a lot of emails. We know you're inundated, so we're hoping that the podcast helps uh, take some relief from your inbox and moves it into a way that is maybe a little bit more amusing to uh, go through than just a regular good old-fashioned bullet-pointed email. We want to thank you for taking the time to tune in, but we also want to recruit some active voices. We know there's a lot going on because of all the changes to remote instruction for Valley fully DE instruction. Um, So we want to ask you to call in or to write in, give us some information. If you're running into interesting problems or um, maybe need some feedback on something that came up, just let us know. We can address it in the podcast. We can address you in an email, but we need that back and forth communication to make sure that we are a solid union that's supporting all of our members. So, with no further ado, here is an interview with our union president, Meredith McLaren. Hi again. I'm here with Meredith McLaren, and we're so excited to finally be back for podcasts. Um, this is our first one in a long time because COVID got in the way of these for a while but we're here we're in Meredith's house and so you'll have to forgive whatever background noise
1: appears. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hello everyone. It's good to be able to to present some li- a couple of updates again. Hmm. All right, so we have
0: a pretty full agenda for the podcast. We're going to talk about positions that are coming up for elections, negotiations, the new people we have on our e-board team and the part-time benefits that came up last year.
1: Yes. Yes. Hmm. So, all right. So just um, we have in our bylaws that we do elections um, on opposite years for representative and for um, things like treasurer and president. So odd years are for the representatives, campus representatives. So that includes full time and part time reps. Um, So um, it is possible that some of the ones who are currently running will continue to run. And are interested in continuing to serve, but we will have a few positions that are open. So if you have been thinking about maybe getting a little bit more involved with the Union Exec Board or want more information about what uh, those positions entail, please reach out to either me or to anyone on the Executive Board. But those elections will be coming up in spring at some point. Um, Towards the end of
0: April, I believe.
1: Yeah, usually we try to do that just to get it all finished before the end of the semester. Um, but we are happy to give you any information about what positions will be opening and, and what's available and what those positions entail. Before then, if you
0: are interested in joining the E board, representative is really the baby step in. It's the most comfortable place to enter in. It is.
1: It is. It's the. It is the a good place to start um, because it kind of gets you used to the executive board and those meetings. Um, but the requirements are probably on the. They're not as intense maybe as some of the other positions that are on the board. Mm. Yeah,
0: fewer meetings. Um, for full-time representative, there's no release associated. But for part-time representative, there is a stipend, right? It's a
1: stipend, yes. We pay part-timers just to acknowledge that it is additional work. And so they are they receive a stipend for serving as the part-time rep. Okay. Uh, and we have one for each campus. So uh, Valley Campus has two full-time reps and one part-time. Crafton Campus has two full-time and one part-time rep as well.
0: And our meetings, if you're interested, are usually on the first and sometimes also the third Friday, mm-hmm. depending on what's needed. Usually, we only hit the third Friday, or the third Friday, yeah, in spring when we have more to discuss for negotiations.
1: Right. The third one is typically more focused on negotiations, and negotiations really ramps up in spring. So, mm-hmm. so it's about two three hour meetings um, a month, twice a month, mm-hmm. and usually
0: they come with lunch. COVID has prevented that. We are not <laughs> meeting in person, so there's no food associated. But usually, when we're in the the office, which is located in San Bernardino off of Del Rosa, uh, there's more camaraderie, more lunch. It's more of a a hangout and get to know each other and and get more information on what it's like to be a union representative.
1: Yes. And we are hoping that maybe by next fall, we'll be able to do that again. Uh, We don't know at this point. Um, We'll just have to kind of see how it goes from here on out. Um, The other thing that we typically do like is if representatives can attend the luncheons, the monthly luncheons. We typically have one luncheon a month, Um, third Uh, Wednesday at Crafton and fourth Wednesday at Valley. But again, because of COVID, we've kind of moved those to Zoom. Um, But we're hoping to resume face-to-face luncheons in the fall if we can. Yay. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Okay, so that gets us to uh, part-time benefits.
1: Yes. So um, uh, starting, I think, two years ago, we really worked towards getting some part-time benefits or benefits uh, that would be offered to part-timers. Um, it was quite complicated, much more complicated than we expected it to be, um, in terms of medical benefits. So for last year, we were able to do dental, dental, um, and vision. Vision is, is, we don't really consider that to be something we negotiated since it is something that is available to all people through the internet as it is. But the dental, we were able to negotiate with the district to provide dental, uh, benefits to, to part-time faculty, Sorry, that it's, it's not a wolf in the background, it's just my dog. Um, Calm down, baby. We were able to provide uh, partially uh, subsidized benefits to part-time faculty. Uh, this year, we were able to negotiate access to medical benefits for faculty. And for the first, I want to say 60 to 65 part-timers who signed up, we were able to give a $1,500 Um, stipend to offset the cost of the benefits. (laughs) 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 Um, And so, uh, unfortunately, the benefits were not as great as we would have liked them to be. Um, They were very similar to what a part-timer could have got on the exchange. Um, But again, the $1,500 cost offset was something that we were able to negotiate. Um, Unfortunately, not a lot of part-timers signed up for the medical benefits. Um, And so just keep an eye out. We're going to be doing a survey of part-time faculty um, in terms of what benefits you found to be most beneficial, what you feel like you would need, um, and what you would actually take advantage of if given the opportunity. So again, this is something in the works for the next, probably the next month or so. We should get that, um, that survey out. So that we know what to negotiate for the upcoming years. Yeah, and
0: we realized that 2020 was the year of COVID. So signups yes. might have been a lot lower than would have been normal mm-hmm. had we been able to get normal information out and have luncheons and, and get that information across exactly. better.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So just because we didn't have a high signup rate this year does not mean that we cannot negotiate it next year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be, you know, we had you know, COVID created all these other issues um, and we want to give it another try for another year not a problem we are happy to negotiate that but we want to do what part-time faculty need Um, and so we will concentrate our efforts efforts on what the survey indicates to us part-time would like to really have available to them
0: okay and that leads us into negotiations so i'm going to cheat and look at your notes now so it looks like we have (laughs) three topics for negotiations Mm -hmm.
1: lecture lab parity
0: evaluations and caps yep
1: um so, the negotiations team is up and meeting again, so the springtime typically is kind of the crunch time for negotiations because again, we want to get all of that stuff figured out and voted on if it needs to be by the end of the semester so uh, the we have most of the things we are working on were carryovers from last year. We um, didn't open anything new for this year because what we had to deal with still from last year was quite intensive. Um, and the negotiations team, I will tell you, is is truly committed to writing language that is the most beneficial for all faculty. Um, they spend a lot of time looking at the language and making sure that the language they are proposing um, is what they want um, and is not going to have some unforeseen negative consequence. And so it is a long and um, or it's a tedious process. Not tedious, I don't know. It's just, it's very sites. We really want to make sure we do a good job with this. Um, but we are looking at caps. Um, and so um, this is an area where we overlap with senate um, because the specific caps of a class are a 10 plus 1, it falls underneath academic senate, um, but it does fall under the union in terms of workload. Um, and so we've had really good discussions with both the administration and with faculty about language that we could maybe put into the contract to address this issue. Um, So I am hopeful that we will get something um, into the contract or at least an MOU written um, in this semester. So
0: Yeah, and we are having as many conversations as we can on the campuses. There's parts of the negotiation process that have to remain confident. But for the most part, whatever we can get out, we are trying to get out. There are issues with the fact that we are COVID. um, And Mm -hmm. so having these conversations via Zoom and actually getting the information where it needs to go has been more difficult than it usually is But we're still doing everything we can to have these conversations, especially with those faculty that are most impacted so that they have a voice in the negotiations.
1: Yes. Um, And I will say that, you know, our discussions with administration have been, I would say, useful and effective. Um, Again, we we sometimes come from different sides of the the issue. But I think I, I am confident that we should be able to get something that will be good for faculty. Um, will address the workload issue um, and still retain the faculty and and academics and it's right to figure out what is best in terms of CAPS for classes. So uh, that that is one issue that we're we're addressing. Um, Lecture lab parity, we did a lot of work. We met with faculty uh, doing labs to get information um, and just some, some data about how much and what's going on and for what classes. Um, And so I am also confident that we should be able to get something um, in writing for that by the end of the semester Mm -hmm. to deal with that. Um, Again, I always want to stress that it's not typically something that you can figure everything out right away. Hmm. Um, These are things that oftentimes take a little bit of time um, and they might take a little bit of, uh, you know, we get something in place and then we revisit it in a year or two to see if it's working. Um, It might be a multi-year step process. Um, we don't know what it will look like in the end, but um, we definitely have, I think, the data we need to make our proposal to the district for this one. Um, the other uh, thing, the other article that we are looking at is evaluations. This is an incredibly large article with lots gotta of admit, details. I got to admit, I am <laughs> lost
0: in where we are in this process because <laughs> I am a part of it. I've seen the document. I don't know. We have an amazing um, negotiation lead, Sherry Lillard. Yes. And Mm -hmm. she has done an amazing job keeping track of the changes. It is a rainbow of a document
1: (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Because we don't like to get rid of old language until we have agreed on new language. And sometimes we propose, the district proposes. And so, yeah, we've color-coded things and strikeouts. And so we have a document that in the end may be three to five pages long, but currently is about 17 pages long because it (laughs) contains all of the language. Um, And so reading sentences is always fun. Um, But again, we felt that this was an important to have so that we don't lose what we had, and that we make sure that what we propose as new language is going to be um, what we need it to be and will protect faculty and give faculty what we want it to be. Um, For this, I will say there has been agreement from both administration and from the the union that we want to make this this process effective. We want to make it useful. Um, We want to make it useful and beneficial for faculty, new faculty in the tenure track process. We want to make it something that is beneficial for faculty who are already tenured. Um, and so it has, it has, it's a long process, but I think we have some good ideas. We met with the Senate, what, one or two years ago to get some ideas. Um, and as we get language written, it will be posted on the website as we pass things so that you can take a look and give us some even more feedback about what, what you think is, is a really good way to focus or maybe what, what areas we've missed and what we might want to continue to look at. So... I have no idea when we met with the sentence because time means nothing anymore.
0: Uh, <laughs> but I, I do know was like almost two years ago <laughs> that our main goal has been to make it more useful. If I have to write a self-evaluation, a self-essay, essentially, then I better be dealing with stuff that
1: allows me to reflect on how I can
0: improve as an instructor.
1: Exactly. And, and I think the general consensus we've had for most faculty is that what we currently have does not do that. Um, and we would like it to make it more useful. And so I, I am confident. Again, I am confident. I do not know whether we will get this one finished this year. I, I will admit that, that because it is such an, a huge undertaking and we want to make sure that what we change is beneficial. Um, we are very, very careful and very deliberate in that process. So while we might get a pretty good start, I mean, I guess there's always the possibility that it could end. We could have it done by the end of the semester. Um, but I, I, I don't want to give false hope that we'll be able to finish that before the end of the semester. But it is there. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so another thing that's been on our plate for a long time is the lecture lab parody.
1: Yes. So it's there. Like I said, we collected the data last semester. We met with uh, faculty teaching labs to get an idea of what's involved. Um, And I am hopeful that we should have something to present to the district very, very soon. Um, Again, I I anticipate that this will not be a one-and-done type thing. It will be something that we propose and we... Need to get feedback, it may be a couple year step process. I don't know. I don't know what the final resolution will be. Um, but and again, COVID has made this kind of a whole different world as well. Um, but I, I am confident we'll get something. So we'll get this moving again before the end of the semester. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so how about our new positions on the board? We have oh, You know what? Chris? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just okay. go back <laughs> one quick thing, one last oh, little honors. thing with yes, with negotiations. Um we uh brought up the issue of honors. This semester, or, or last semester, we met with honors faculty about what are some of the working, you know, what, the amount of time that is is necessary for faculty teaching honors students. Um, it, we became aware that there was a little bit of a discrepancy between how Valley handles honors and how Crafton handles honors. Um, and we wanted to make sure that it was fair and equitable between the two campuses. So we were able to get language that made them equal for this year, but the district really wanted to continue to look at honors as a whole and how in moving forward. So we have an MOU in place that will take us through the end of the year um, uh, with the understanding that the district wanted to present more information about possible other options in terms of compensation and those kind of things for honors courses, Um, which we were fine. We're, We're open to listening to that. But we did put in there that if for any reason the district does not uphold their end of presenting us data, that what we have currently in place will continue okay. until we come up with a different process. So as it is now, faculty who are teaching honors courses are receive a stipend mm-hmm. for the number of honors students that they are teaching. Um, and this is now consistent between Valley and between Crafted. Um, so if you are teaching an honors class, um, make sure that you are receiving that. It was retroactive back to the beginning of the fall semester, so fall 2020. Um, and it will continue for this semester. And again, until we get something different in place, it will continue for next year as well. Mm, Awesome. Okay. So that gets
0: us to our new members, which are Chris, uh, Josh, Leslie, and Weirdly Me. Yes.
1: So we are um, always looking to add people to the board. Um, The work of the union is so important, um, but it is also intense. And, you know, you you can do it for a couple of years, but eventually you will need to... You know, have a turnover of, of people, again, starting with reps, uh, you know, the representatives on the campus, but also negotiations. Negotiations is, it's like a, a beautiful and intense dance. <laughs>
0: but, you know, I, I don't know if I agree with the beautiful part. <laughs> I've only been on it for a minute. And I feel like no matter how you feel about how the contract turned out at the end of year, you should hold a parade for the members of that team that put in
1: blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> into more hours of meetings than I can fathom. <laughs> Yes, the number of hours is—I will admit—is—is—is is, is pretty intense, um, which is why for uh, members of the negotiations team we do have release time. So the uh, lead negotiator gets negotiator gets release time. Um, the faculty who serve on negotiations get release time. Uh, we have release time for uh, shadowing for those who are interested in just figuring out how negotiations work. Um, because it is a time commitment, there is there is no way around it. Um, but I don't know. I have, I enjoy it. I, I, I kind of sit on it, not as a formal member, but just kind of as a peripheral member. Um, and I like it, I like, it. I just, I don't know if there's something about it that I, I do find incredibly satisfying, but, uh, so we are always looking for new people to come on board and we have been very fortunate that we had quite a few people who were willing to join us, um, to watch how this is done. Um, Sherry Lillard is currently the lead negotiator, but again, you can only do that for so many years and you need to take a break. Yeah. Like two, three months. No, no, no. (laughs) Sherry has done it for like four years. Um, and so she has indicated that she would like to stay on the negotiations team, but she needs to take a step back from being lead negotiator. So uh, that position will become available. Um, And so we've been bringing new people on uh, just to watch how it works. Um, So the uh, newest, so uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. So Leslie um, Gregory from Valley has joined the negotiations team. Jillian Robertson is a math professor from um, Crafton, uh, part-time. And she has joined the negotiations team. Brandi Bayless, who thought she didn't have enough to do, <laughs> is maybe reconsidering. Yeah, that was a poor decision. Poor <laughs> decision to shadow on the negotiations team. Um, but again, these are uh, these. Uh, oh, um, Nick Reichert joined last year as well as Cheryl D. Bartolo. So these are the kind of the newest members who've been joining. Um, just to kind of get a sense of how it works Um, because we really do it takes a year or two to really even understand um, what's going on Um, people are always like can I talk am I allowed to speak and you know how Mm -hmm. negotiations work we are very fortunate that we have I think an effective negotiations team both on the administration side um, and our side Um, and it's it's been working very well I think we are fortunate to have an administrative team who who really is wanting to do what's right, what's right and what's best for students and for faculty and, and, and understand what maybe needs to change or what needs to be done to get there. Um, but anyway, uh, we are going to need a new lead negotiator. Um, so if you've ever had any interest in negotiations and have the ability to commit the time, that <laughs> is that I will say uh, we typically have meetings on the second and fourth Fridays. Um, and then typically the team needs to meet at least one day during the week on the opposite weeks of, uh, you know, before negotiations to have discussions and get things ready. I um, would point
0: out that also the negotiation team comes mm-hmm. to the regular union meetings. So that's yes. every Friday.
1: Yes, they do. They do also come usually to the exec meetings just to kind of get a sense of, you know, what's going on in, with the board in general. So it is an intense commitment, yes. um, which is why, like I said, the, uh, full-time faculty who serve on negotiations get a point two release the shadow. We typically try to give a point one release, um, part-timers are also given release to attend the, the negotiations meetings. So,
0: okay. And then we also have, so that was, uh, me and Leslie are new to that team. Cheryl's relatively
1: new Jillian Nick. Robertson and Nick. and Nick also new. Yes. So those are the team, but we do have a couple of other, uh, so we had the election in the fall. So Josh Robles was, uh, elected treasurer. So he is now the official treasurer. He's doing an
0: awesome job. He is also the... um, I can't remember what we named it. Is it it.
1: the (laughs) website? He's doing the website. He's doing the website. We
0: may have named it Communications. Uh, I don't
1: know what the name is, but... He does the website. <laughs> um, so he is responsible for putting the updates and those kind of things up there as well. So, And then we have Chris. When I was
0: elected to vice president, my position as rep opened, and that would be why we have a new rep without an election. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to appoint because it was less than a year of service. Mm-hmm. So that would be Chris Oliveira from yes. Crafton Hills College, who teaches anatomy and... Biology and microbiology. microbiology. I think it was oh, microbiology, not anatomy. anatomy. Nope. I don't think
1: it's anatomy. I think it's microbiology. <laughs> microbiology. Sorry, Chris. He'll forgive me. I know. <laughs> exactly. He's been a busy year. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, so that position will come up also for election. So basically, he was serving as full time rep in this year until the next election cycle. Um, he can run again if he's interested. Um, but again, if you are interested and want to have, you know, get more information about the position, by all means, reach out to us. Um, I think those are the only. The, the very last people. thing was the oh. new conferences. Yes, so we just had the winter CCA conference was mm-hmm. the last weekend, I believe. Um, and again, they've it's all virtual now. Um, I, for those of us who have been going to these conferences, I I will admit there is a small bit of sadness to not being able to go physically to these conferences um, because they are fun and they are they enjoyable. Are they are fun, and it's <laughs> great to just connect with other people in other unions and those kind of things. But the, the CCA has done an amazing job of, of moving these things to a virtual um, environment and, and doing what they can. Still informative, still lots of good information. Um, so I attended, quite a few of the executive board attended um, the last conference, um, but they will be doing a spring conference in April, um, it will also be virtual. CTA and CCA have declared that there will be no in-person conferences, at least for this year. Um, but one of the benefits of having these virtual conferences is that anyone can attend, and it's absolutely free. So
0: Usually we have a cap on the number of people we can send to a yes, conference.
1: Yes, usually there's a limit on the number of uh, people who can attend because we typically end up paying you know, for hotels and food or airfare or travel, transportation, whatever it is. Um, and so well, there's a limit to the number can go. Since it's virtual,
0: it's Limitless. limited.
1: Anyone can go. Um, and so it's a great opportunity just to, to get some uh, professional development, um, the, the, get information about what's going on with the union at the state level. They always give um, state updates in terms of budget and and um, what is it? Not. Not elections. What is it about? Uh, oh, that legislation. political legislation. Yeah. Us, Le- legislation. it's a big word that means rules. <laughs> <laughs> What's going through at the state level, and um, CTA and CCA always have you know certain things they keep an eye on and mm-hmm. talk about the it's impact. It's extremely informative. It is really informative, and the impact potentially on community college and and budget stuff and all that stuff. So it it really is an incredibly, um, I don't know. I always find it just so informative. Mm to go to those conferences. So again, it'll be in April. So just keep that in mind. Um, Registration is not open yet. uh, But when it opens, we'll send out announcements. And if you want to go beauty virtual, look at what you want to attend, attend what you want to attend, and don't need to attend the rest of it. So So I have two plugs to give for
0: the union conferences. One is that CTA or CCA, one of the two, has taken notice of our podcast. So um, Mm -hmm. I have been asked to give a training and I have told Meredith that she's doing it with me. Uh, I bawled told her Mm -hmm. that we were giving a training together Mm -hmm. on how to do a podcast. And then the second would be our um, CTA staff member, Justin Arnold, has been giving regular trainings on white fragility and making a difference on race and anti-racism on our campuses. They've been extremely informative. And if you have an opportunity to attend one of his trainings, they are well worth the time.
1: Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Um, Justin is incredibly proactive when it comes to not just reading he was like if you want to read the book that's great but what we want are people who are going to work and do things and truly make changes in their life Um, and so he is he has been a great guiding force in that right so what he has started is an action oriented book club
0: that is currently reading through the book cast Mm -hmm. and um, if you're interested in joining that book club just send an email to me or meredith or to justin arnold um, and let them know that you're interested in being a, a member of that just to know that it's action-oriented. So if you yes. don't want to participate in the actions, it is not the big
1: club for you. Right. You, you can get, get the book and read it, but don't, you don't have to join the book club because he will text you on a weekly basis and ask you what you have done. <laughs> what anti-racist uh,
0: steps you have taken exactly. to make sure that we're supporting equity. It is nice. It is a nice reminder every week that yes. you have responsibilities and steps yes. that you need to take. Yep. Right all right um, yeah and so we did it awesome we made a podcast <laughs> it's been a while awesome. we're very out of practice I forgot my microphones. so for those of you who are going to tell me later that it was hard to hear us I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we're a little out of practice yes uh, but thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon bye Hi, me again, Brandy, here to thank you for listening and to remind you to hit that subscribe button so that you can stay up to date with your local union.